Alrighty. <clears throat> Welcome to the Bloodgrounders show. My name is Josh. Hope everyone had a good week. Not any Barcelona action this week, but we did have uh, some Champions League and there's a decent amount of Barcelona news to cover. So let's just get into it. Starting off the bat, uh, there's some contract news or reports, right? That's uh, the Ilkay Gundogan deal is about done. It's apparently going to be two years plus an option for about twelve million a year. I guess he couldn't get the you know the Busquets thirty mil deal. But Gundogan coming over, you know, assuming it does happen, is an unbelievable signing for Barcelona. Uh, he is still playing at his best despite being you know 32 years old he at this point has been at city since 2016 183 appearances what's weird is it seems like he hasn't been there as long as he was at Dortmund but it's actually longer at this point uh he has what is that is that 100 yeah but he has 80 more appearances than he had at Dortmund for city so you know he's about ready to move on uh his contract uh is running out. He has refused a renewal. So it seems like the Man City captain is heading to Barcelona. It, it is kind of funny. They gave him the captainship in August or they voted him to be captain and now he's, <laughs> he's bouncing. I love it. I think it gives, he's a different type of midfielder than a Pedri or De Jong or a Gavi. He gives them more depth. He takes pressure off of all of them. And he's such a veteran. I love it. I love that he is... I love that it's almost done. Let's just get it done. This is going to be great when it actually happens. And I'm excited. Chelsea are reportedly... <clears throat> they're reportedly sniffing around Gavi. And this was something that uh, I mentioned might become a thing as we get closer and the, uh, the, the Gavi stuff started to heat up. Chelsea are reportedly set to, quote, dig deep on a Gavi deal. Apparently, they already have met with the player's agent in Madrid a few weeks ago to convey their interests. The next meeting is apparently going to take place with Todd Bowley, the Chelsea owner, otherwise known as Cash Daddy. Gavi's parents and his agents in Chelsea are apparently going to financially make a an offer that he can't refuse. They're going to make him one of the Premier League's highest earners or kind of what the reports are trickling out. Uh, Chelsea, this is the one club that scares me a little bit. If I'm Gavi, right, and Barcelona can't seem to get their crap together in order to get me registered, like this is, this is pretty, it's pretty terrifying. Although... I don't know how big the difference is between what a Barcelona deal would look like and what a, a Chelsea deal would look like. I know if you go to Chelsea and you're in a midfield with freaking Enzo Fernandez, Kovacic, Conte, like it's a very good midfield as well. I don't necessarily think he's going to struggle for playing time. The wild card in all of this is Luis Enrique, right? If he is, in fact, the guy that Chelsea are targeting this summer, and I think it's it's between him and Nagelsmann are, are kind of what the reports are detailing. If Luis Enrique is the guy that Chelsea get, that, I don't know. Here's the thing. Todd Bull is going to get with with Gavi's parents, and he's going to offer him a crazy amount of money. And 
Gavi's going to have to look at the stability of Barcelona versus the paycheck of Chelsea. Like, Barcelona don't have stability right now. And as hard as it would be for him to leave, Chelsea are going to make it hard. And so it's worrying. It's worrying. Chelsea are also apparently <laughs> interested in returning for Rafinha. So Chelsea were one of the teams that were interested in Rafinha last year. Barcelona, of course, won that pursuits. Rafinha has, you know, despite all the playing time, it's due to injuries, has struggled to kind of settle in at Barcelona, very similar to Ferran Torres, although he's had moments. I don't really foresee that happening. I just kind of seems like we're bored scuttlebutt rumors right now, but it's something to keep an eye on at least. Serginho Dest is is just really struggling at Milan. There was a report uh, at Barcelona are concerns that Milan have let him return to the States for a friendly in the midst of the most kind of pivotal point of Milan's season. They're in a Champions League quarterfinal right now where they have a 1-0 lead over Napoli. They're in a battle for the top four in Serie A right now. They're fourth place, one point above Inter and one point behind Roma in third. So they're at a just a, a crucial point in their season. It, Dest is just nowhere to be seen because they don't, they don't like him. And it's a tough beat for the 22-year-old. I don't really know what his future looks like. I don't know how, what Barcelona are going to do with him. It's a little difficult. I don't really know. Uh, some good news for Barcelona. Pedro and De Jong are reportedly going to be back against Atletico. So that match is, I think, in nine days... If I had to guess, I think Atafe is this weekend. And then, yeah, Atletico's the next weekend. So it's nine days from now. It would be great to have them back against Atletico. Uh, despite having a 13-point lead in La Liga, you just got to keep putting these matches away. And with how that team looked against Girona, boy, do they need those two back. In terms of an Usman Dembele injury updates, let's check that out. When is he supposed to return? Maybe against Betis. That's the most recent report I've seen that he could return against Betis. So that would have him coming back in like two weeks. So that's kind of encouraging, I guess, right? That's good. Uh, let's talk about Gavi, or uh, not Gavi, Javi. So he has reportedly been offered an extension to 2026. That's what happens when you win the Liga or knock on wood, close to win the Liga. That's good, right? We're all in favor of giving Xavi a contract update. We're all cool with that. Uh, this, you know, something we've talked about in the last couple of weeks is kind of the, the cup tie performance, especially after, especially after the brutal loss to Real Madrid. The, I don't know. You have to give him some sort of extension. I think. I don't, I don't think you can just let things ride as they go. Uh, the two year, you know, his, his deal runs out next year. I guess I don't really know why they couldn't let it ride for another six months. Maybe see how he performs in the champions league next year. But I don't know. I think you have to, you have to give him an extension. I think at the very least it's, you know, I don't know. I don't have much to say about this. I'm still very concerned about Xavi and how he performs in knockout competitions, his match management. But if you win the league, you have to get a contract extension. And so that's probably what they're doing right now. It is what it is. Okay. That's kind of it for Barcelona news because, you know, Barcelona looked like crap this past weekend. They play Getafe on Sunday. They have plenty of time to rest. 
Doesn't look like Pedri. Doesn't look like De Jong will be back. Uh, it's a little bit interesting. I, I'm not really sure what the what the roadmap looks like for them to get out of the slump that they're in right now, but it's a slump. Let's talk about the Champions League. So that's it for the Barcelona news. The Champions League was this week, the quarterfinals. And the matches were... I don't think anything was surprising. The, the fact that all four losing teams didn't score a goal was definitely a little surprising. I think all of the matches... I would say there's like a 90% chance that three of the four are purely settled. The one that is still up in the air is Napoli against Milan. Napoli played really good despite the fact they didn't have Alsman. The rumor is that he's going to be back. I would be very surprised if he wasn't back for the return leg next Tuesday. The difficulty is Milan recently beat Napoli 4-0 uh, at home. So they know they can win in Napoli. And the fact that they've now won 5-0 in two legs or two matches against Napoli in the last couple weeks is a little concerning. I I would be sad if this Napoli team didn't really get to see their full potential. Hopefully Alsman's back and they get to kind of have like their one final run because they are they're not running out of gas, right? They have such a big lead in Syria that they've maybe been able to take their foot off the pedal a little bit. But it would be a little disappointing if they didn't put up a good fight against Milan. The other Serie A team, kind of incredible, we have three Italian teams in the quarterfinal, and it looks like we're headed towards uh, all Italian semifinal on, on one side, of course. Uh, Inter, a very impressive win in Portugal. Of course, they take care of business against Porto, and then they take on Porto's rival, Benfica. Benfica <laughs> sent out the B team against Porto in the Portuguese league and lost this past weekend. And then, which is like, it was, it was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty important, I guess, I guess I shouldn't say it's pretty important. They have a seven point league in the league, so they could throw away that match, but they throw away that like a rival match to basically prepare for this inters team. And then they lose two zero at home. They only had two shots on target. They had more possession, a couple of really good chances late. The penalty was very sketchy. I'll be the first to say that, but the first goal the cross from Bastoni, the header from Barella, a very shocking combination. Like if I were to tell you Bastoni to Barella for a header, that's not something you would usually see. Uh, the penalty call itself was sketchy, but a great execution from Lukaku. It's a very big penalty for him personally, I'm sure, to score a goal like that. So Inter take a 2-0 lead back to the San Siro in the second leg. On the other side of the bracket, Man City beat Byron 3-0. They had less of the possession. You want to talk about a few great goals. Oh, my gosh. The Rodri curler from outside the box. The Erling Holland assist to Bernardo Silva. That header is gorgeous. I really wish he could come to Barcelona, but that's not going to happen. And then the Holland execution, the, the assist from John Stones for the third goal. Really good performance from City. Byron missed, you know, I don't know. The Leroy Sané stuff is strange. He had a couple of really good chances, but there was also some times where he could have probably been a little more a little more willing to pass the ball. And then, of course, after the match, Sadio Mane punched or hit Leroy Sané. He's now suspended. Very strange times at Bayern. I would have loved to have seen what Julian Nagelsmann team, his team would have done against the City side. 
because uh, Nagelsmann kind of seemed to figure things out for how his side was going to perform in the Champions League. Uh, they dominated PSG, and PSG were utter crap. I will I will give everyone that, but they looked so good, and it seemed like Nagelsmann had figured things out. And the fact that Tuchel left Thomas Muller on the bench for this is literally insane to me. I don't understand how you can do that. But it is what it is, and now it looks like City are well well equipped to advance to probably play Real Madrid, who won 2-0 at home against Chelsea. Chelsea had a few really good chances, just as as usual with Chelsea teams, just no execution whatsoever. Real Madrid, 10 shots on target, 18 shots total, 15%, 57% of the possession, a Benzema goal, an Asensio goal, a Modric almost wonder goal, that curler from his right foot. Really good chances for Real Madrid. So it seems like we're headed towards a Madrid City semifinal and then a Milan Inter semifinal on the other side. So potentially some really fun semifinal matchups. I hope the second legs for these are a little more back and forth. The first leg, I don't know, seems seems like teams were playing a little bit scared, I guess, because you don't have to worry about the away goal anymore. You can afford to play a little more scared in the first leg. A couple of red cards for Napoli and Chelsea, but... Some interesting storylines going into the second legs. It's going to be fascinating on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, the Europa League, Manchester United, hilariously. <laughs> I mean, you really couldn't make it up. Like, they go against Sevilla, the team that's won it, I think, six times in the last, like, 12 years. And Sevilla score, you know, get two own goals in the 81st or the 84th in the 92nd minute to, uh, to tie the match 2-2 heading into the second leg. Just hilarious. So... 2-2 going into the second leg, Sevilla at home. Manchester United, Rashford hurt, Latoro hurts. Or I'm sorry, not Latoro. Freaking Lozanjo hurts. Not looking good for Manchester United. Juventus win 1-0 over Sporting. Roma lose 1-0. And then Leverkusen and Union St. Louise. I've, I've never heard of this team. I apologize for uh, my pronunciation of the Belgian side, but they are tied 1-1. So some fascinating stuff in the Europa League as well. I just still can't believe Sevilla got two own goals to tie the match 2-2. That's really just, you you just, you can't make that stuff up. Looking ahead to the weekend, not a lot of, you know, barn burner matchups for a lot of the big squads like, you know, City. Uh, they're looking at the Champions League matches, like there's going to be some severe rotation. There are some teams that can take it easier this weekend, like Napoli, uh, because the the title race is so just completely done for them. Uh, but Napoli play Hellas Verona on Saturday. They'll take it easy. Inter play Monza. Inter and Milan both play tomorrow, and they can't take it easy because they're both well, they're one point separated in the league. Like they can't afford to lose and give up the Champions League spots for next year. So fascinating stuff on that side of things. In terms of the Bundesliga, Bayern and Dortmund both play tomorrow at 9.30 as well. Dortmund, of course, are out of European competition and out of the Pokal, so they're throwing everything. Bayern have to figure out how to match manage things because, like I said, they play in the return leg on Wednesday, down 3-0. A lot of interesting storylines. I don't know. This is the time of the year. Would things start to get crazy in terms of teams having to manage their spots of uh, their spots in the top four for Champions League placements for next year, and then of course managing 
expectations because you really have to find that balance of if we don't get in the top four, we have to win the Champions League this year. Like a team like Inter or Milan, they're in a position where they might not make the top four in Italy and they might have to win the Champions League to get qualification for next year because not making the Champions League is devastating for a team like those or for a team for teams like them. I don't know if I phrased that right, but you get what I'm saying. Barcelona, Getafe, Sunday. Everyone, enjoy the football this weekend. Subscribe to the podcast if you're not subscribed. It would be much appreciated. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. I'm starting to post these on YouTube as well. Spotify, all the places to get your podcasts. Enjoy the football, and I will talk to you next weekend.